Hello, you're watching the Light Novel Sprite video series on the theology of the body. This video is dedicated to audience 54 or 55. We are your hosts. I am Jeremy Hossauter. And I'm Guillermo Moreno. So we're going to continue where we left off last time. And that was introducing the text of 1 Corinthians 12. Guillermo, could you read that for us? Yes. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he willed. The members of the body that seem to be weaker are more necessary, and those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with greater reverence. And our, un excuse me, and our unpresentable members are treated with greater modesty, whereas our more presentable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the member that lacked it that there may be no disunion within the body, but the members may have care for one another. The word of the Lord. All right. Thank you for that, Guillermo. Yes. So just reading this, we can observe that we have this theme of reverence show up. We've talked about reverence in the previous, um, in the previous video on audience 54. And I would highly recommend that if you're just watching this um, video for the first time out watching the previous ones, you should really check out 54 because we do talk in depth about reverence within the theology of the body and also the philosophy of Dietrich von Hildebrand. So we're going to continue from where we left off in the previous video. So. Keep in mind that we are connecting um, the text of 1 Corinthians 12 with 1 Thessalonians 4. And so to begin making some introductory points, um, first, that 1 Corinthians 12 it is presenting the body with a sort of realism, but this realism cannot be interpreted in terms of natural science. It's more so, or it needs to be understood that this realism is a presentation with the evangelical value. And that means that the text has to be interpreted in light of the redemption of the body. So the problem, the problem is not the body, but the man who expresses himself through the body. When we talk about living according to the flesh versus living according to the spirit, it is when we live, it's when we choose one life or the other that we get um, this problem of what it, what's how to relate the body. So that's why the problem is not itself the body, but the person who expresses himself through the body, the man through his action, through his acting, through his body. And so the, the perennial task of culture, this is just kind of a side point, the, the perennial, perennial task of culture is to evaluate man who expresses himself through his body. This is the purpose of like literature, sculpture, movies, dancing, theater, etc. And this is a theme that jp2 is going to take back up in audiences 60 through 63 and that is actually i find 
be very interesting because it's this for audiences on aesthetics and theology of the body. So that's a makes it for a very interesting um, four sections of the entire corpus. Now, First Corinthians twelve um, describes the body as it. Its description of the body corresponds with what we've talked about before of with First Thessalonians that we're to keep our body with holiness and reverence. We see the same thing here that we have to have a reverence for the body because of its holiness. And so we can point out that the text of St. Paul is also a rejection of Manichaeism which we've talked about in audiences 44 and 45. And many, the Manichees, they believed that the body, sex, and procreation are actually evil. And this is a view that JP2 has been working against, uh, objecting to, criticizing their reasoning over and over. And we see... Again, here in this audience, JP2 is again pointing out the error of Manichaeism. Because the Manichaeans, by stating that the body, sex, and procreation are evil, they are not able then to give this reverence to the body or to understand that the body is to be kept for holiness and reverence because the body is now something that is unholy. And if it's unholy, then you should not be reverent towards it. So it's a complete um, attitude shift from Manichaeism to the New Testament ethos of the body. And we can also point out that the text of 1 Corinthians 12 is also a rejection of a kind of naturalistic cult of the body. Just a view that we pretty much idolized the body. I think a classic example is just a, the those who spend all their time sculpting their body, going to the gym, the special diet and everything. That is a good thing in and of itself. But I think we have a tendency today of putting so much emphasis on how our body looks that it starts to become an idol for us. And that's another part of... Um, what JP2 is kind of pushing back against. Um, Guillermo, do you have anything else you'd like to add about these points we have made thus far? Yes. I do think that that's a fascinating point that you bring up about this idolatry for the body when it comes to um, this, this gym culture that... Uh, like you said, it's good to strive for a particular, um, say, if you have a goal to me for keeping your body in a certain way, but it gets to the point where, you know, if the point is to be healthy, then, okay, we've achieved that goal, but it looks like the goal is the look itself, the appearance. And well, the the appearance will reflect in a healthy body, but it gets to the point where it's it just gets to besides the point. It becomes besides the point. 
uh, which is a healthy body, I would imagine. And well, even if that's not directly the goal, that's the indirect goal, that's still a good thing. Not if it's idolatrous. And I do think it is idolatrous, just as you said. And another thing that I wanted to point out is that, of course, when it comes to purity, when it comes to purity in the body, the individual needs to experience this redemption of the body, this redemption of the, our desires. The culture is not helping. The culture is not helping. As you state in the fourth bullet point that the perennial task of culture is to evaluate men who expresses himself through the body through, um, I think, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but through entertainment or through pop culture. So collectively, we're in the culture of death because in that sense, we're outnumbered. There's this idolatry for the body that leads to a culture of using one another. Now. Imagine I'm just I was just as we went over this point, I was imagining the culture of life, which is this collective, not just individual, but this collective worldview of how the body is good, how it is holy, how it is um even if we're not Catholic or Christian, there's still this reverence for our creation to the point where imagining using one another it would be nauseating if we had that at the cultural level i was just trying to imagine that and it's a beautiful thought of course and i remembered a quote by george weigel paraphrasing what he said that the theology of the body is a ticking time bomb. Maybe it's going to spread most rapidly once it becomes part of pop culture and an entertainment, just good, authentically, um, authentically good entertainment would help spread this message of purity in our culture. Yeah. And that's one of the wonderful things about some of the upcoming audiences, 60 through 63, is we do get a sense of what is the role of the body in these different parts of our lives today, is he does give us some direction. So that is something exciting to look forward to. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else you'd like to add, Guillermo? I do not. Okay. No, thank you for that um, reflection. Appreciate that. Awesome. All right. So, one of the things, one of the themes of this text that we should observe is that some parts of the human body are described as unpresentable or weaker, less honorable, and that this these are indications that the body we're talking about is the body of historical man and so the these descriptions indicate that um we are talking they're a testimony of shame 
and that we're talking about historical man because it's the historical man who has this shame of the body as a fruit of concupiscence. And so the, this unpresentability is not due to science or physiology. It's not something natural, it's something theological. There's something almost supernatural going on here with this concupiscence and shame. And so this unpresentability is due to the existence of a shame where we perceive certain members of the body as unpresentable. And now the important point is that because of this shame, from shame, we get, we can build up a reverence for the body. From shame comes this reverence. So shame then gives us a way to interact, to respond to the value of the other person, and in particular, the value of his or her body and the value of his or her sex. It is a way for us to respond to the, their sexual value through shame. And in doing so, we are being reverent towards the body. So the reverence of the body, as we said, shame comes from the reverence of the body. And so this reverence then towards the weaker parts of the body corresponds to God's original vision of creation from the beginning. And we see the text here, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 24 through 25, quote, God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the member that, it, that lacked it, that there may be no disunion within the body, but members may have care for one another, end quote. So this is continuing what we've been talking about. And here we want to focus on the concept of disunion. This disunion with the body is a statement of man in the state of original sin, that some parts of the body are weaker than others. This disunion of the body is connected with the concept of shame. When we think about the man of original innocence, he is in perfect harmony with his body. He does not feel the shame. And so because of this perfect harmony, the body and soul are, or the body's ordered to the soul, it's working with it. With When man sinned in with this um, original sin, the body now rebels in some respect against the body are against the spirit and so you get this sort of this unit this unity here and this becomes a source for shame because that is when we now take um that is when now we have the possibility of separating the sexual value from the value of the person and so shame helps preserve that integration of the sexual value with the value of the person And so, this, when we talk about the man in the historical man, this disunion that we feel 
I guess we I guess we could say first that just um this text is a witness again to kind of the situation of man and um in original sin, but it's also kind of it points us towards how to co- come back to that original experience of man with original innocence because when we talk about the purity of heart, it reintroduces a harmony. And this harmony will course it corresponds to the objective harmony of the body and original innocence. Because the purity of heart is about safeguarding the sexual value of the per the sexual value of the person and that is requires integrating it the this sec, the sexual value with the value of the person, and so the purity of heart leads us towards this harmony similar to that of original sin, but or not original sin, but original innocence. But we'll never, of course, obtain original innocence because that is a state we are permanently fallen from. But that's also not what Christ calls us to. Now, let's see. So to achieve victory over the disunion of the body, that is a result of, or I should say a fruit of concupiscence, We, this victory is realized through the purity of heart. And this purity of heart requires the keeping of the body with holiness and reverence. Um, Guillermo, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I do not. All right. Yes, with that, we're going to conclude our video. Thank you for watching. If you have been enjoying our content, please subscribe like share our social media we are on facebook youtube and other places also please consider making a financial donation you can support us financially through paypal patreon or tipping us through the brave web browser you can tip us either on our website or youtube channel your financial support goes towards the maintenance of our website and the purchasing of materials so that we can provide continue providing you with great resources such as our video series on the theology of the body and our many articles on our website. Our website, lenovelspreet.com, has many, many essays covering all sorts of theology and philosophy topics. And we also have a podcast. Guillermo, can you give us some more information about our podcast, please? Yes, in our other podcast series, we talk about a variety of topics, such as trends in culture and politics, and we address them from a Catholic personalist perspective. You can listen to our episodes on lenovelesprit.com in the podcast page under the media section, or you can also locate us on Buzzsprout using that same podcast page. Listen to us there. That's where we upload our episodes, and that's where they get distributed in other Uh, popular podcast platforms and you can locate us in any of those platforms such as apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify right in case you are wondering just where can we find all this social media you can simply go to lenovelespreet.com slash subscribe and there you'll find links for facebook youtube 
PayPal, Patreon, all of our podcast distribution website or platforms, and uh, also yeah, just many other things. There's too much social media out there these days. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add, Guillermo? Yes, I would like to ask our audience to keep us and our mission in your prayers. All right, yeah. Please um, keep us in your prayers, and with that, we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. God bless.